Well, I guess Mark already gave me the introduction. So those of you that don't know me, I think I know many of you or most of you here in this room. Uh, it's great to be with you. I'm the, the oldest uh, son-in-law. So uh, as Mark would attest to, I paved the way into the family. So I, I carved the trail, you know, and, and, and made it easy because they were like, by the time I got to Mark, they were like, this guy is way less crazy than Jamie. He's more manageable. He's, he's got it together. You know, we'll take him into the family. So I just, I always remind Mark of that. I said, I made, I, I trailblazed coming in. So just, just paved it, just paved it easy for you. Anyway, not only are we our friends, but family, uh, labor, co-labors uh, in this great work of uh, living for God and journeying with him. And I'm just, I'm really excited to just come and just kind of share with you uh, a little bit tonight on, on really just sitting around the coffee table. I know this is a bigger room, but picture a coffee table here about some of the things that just really that God's been impressing on my heart. So I'm really, I'm talking to myself and you guys get the privilege of, you know, uh, of listening in on the conversation because if it's not real to you, it's not real to me, then how is it going to be? If it's not alive to me, you know, it's not about just pulling something from Sermon Central or Wikipedia and three, you know, uh, you know funny stories and stuff and, and grabbing something, but it's got to be real and living. And, and I think I, I just want to talk about one thing tonight, and that should be easy to remember, like one thing, that's good for me, one. Ten, I, I won't remember, but one I can hold on to. I mean, if there was a verse that, you know, that, that we're to tattoo on us, and some people have uh, verses and, and statements and they tattoo, you know, uh, but if there was a verse that I would tattoo, it would be this one, but I wouldn't tattoo it as a statement. I'd probably tattoo it on my hand. And I say the word tattoo because the Word of God is meant to pierce and it's meant to be permanent. You guys need another coffee. You, you'll warm up a little bit. But, but isn't that true? As, I mean, we're not supposed to be just a, a, a walking encyclopedia of Bible knowledge. It's supposed to pierce us when we, when we open up, whether it's uh, alone in our, in, our, in our prayer closet or driving our car on our lunch hour or at our family table. It's supposed to pierce us, and it's supposed to be permanent. It's supposed to drill down and leave a permanent uh, residual, a, a challenge to us. And so that's what I want to do tonight. I just want to talk one verse as they're asking me, says, what do you have for your PowerPoint? I'm like, just one verse. I was like, he's like, really? I'm like, I don't know what's the, the normal. I'm, I'm missing. I don't have any animation. I didn't bring any circus animals. I have no tricks, nothing. You know, like, I, I don't have anything. I just like just my Bible and handwritten and handwritten. Can you believe this? Handwritten notes here. I can barely read my own writing. And so um, I, I just want to share something that actually, to be honest, is God's been just kind of uh, drilling and impressing on my heart, something that God has been encouraging me, and I'm trying to walk out. And I say trying to walk out. I'm not standing here saying I'm a mastery of this subject, but I realize this, this one truth can totally transform the way you live. If I can grasp onto this and live the truth in this one verse, it will revolutionize my life and my Christian walk forever. And I want to, uh, let's just open it and uh, look at it in our Bible. So if you have your Bible, or we'll bring it up on the screen. This is my one PowerPoint. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. And sometimes something doesn't become real from God's Word until you walk it out, until you have some life experience. Sometimes you need a scar to remind yourself of it. Sometimes you, you need a memory to say, like, I've walked this out, and uh, I want to share this with you. So Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this. I'm going to read in the New Living because I like how it puts it here. It says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ. I just want to talk there. Okay, let's pray. Let's go for coffee. Right? There it is right there. Let's talk about that. For, let's dig into that a little bit because sometimes we read over and like that's in our, like, our daily bread. We'll read that over and be like, that's nice. You know, so, you guys, are you old enough to remember Saturday Night Live Church Late? That's nice. You know, we read that like, that's a nice verse. Remember church lady? Help me here a little bit. I'm feeling like we're old for a second. You know, she's like, that's nice. You know, it's like we read that. We're like, that's nice. We tuck it away. But, but what does it really mean? Let's think about it for a second here because sometimes we gloss it over. And we, but, but this verse has so much packed in it because let's think about it for a second. Is it possible, let's start at the beginning, to live worry-free? To live worry-free. It says, don't worry about anything. I'm like, that's great. And, and, and sometimes you're reading it. God just puts a pause and says, no, go back to the beginning. I'm like, I got that. He says, no, you don't. Well, yeah, no, that's easy. Don't worry. Be happy. Start singing it. God's like, don't sing the song. Even God doesn't like when I sing very much. You know, I'm just kidding. But, you know, sometimes we gloss it over and God goes, no, don't worry about anything. So let's think about that for a second. How much worry consumes your life and mine? How much energy do we spend in a day thinking or anxious or, or focusing on things that will probably not ever happen? Is it possible, do you think, to live worry-free? I mean, to live a 24-hour cycle of a day or even a week or even a, a moment or season of our life without having a worry. Because it says it right here. I, can't, I can share it with you in the Greek, but it's do not worry. It's we shouldn't worry about anything. And, and when you think about how much energy that we focus on, how much time and thoughts and, our, and, our, and, our, and, you know, and a loss of sleep and our, and our energy is thought about worrying about things that happen in our life because you have things going on in your life and so do I, right? We all do. That's part of our story. But if you think about how much we worry, I looked up, you know, uh, earlier today because I, I, I thought it was funny. I had to share with you, but uh, the, the ultimate worry, you know, is, is phobophobia. <laughs> do you know what phobophobia is? I'm going to come closer because you guys are all like way at the back. Fear, fear of being afraid, or actually, more technically, phobia of phobias. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm serious. It's real. Look it up. Wikipedia. Phobia of phobias. And so if you read in it, to the total, you know, uh, to, to where it obsesses and it controls your whole life, that you're a fear of the phobias without even coming into a place of just having a phobia. You have a phobia of phobias. Totally debilitating state of being, it says. Did you hear that? totally debilitating state of being. And you may not be in that place, but we all have fears, anxieties, and worries. Yours may be different than mine. You may have had different life experiences than mine. But you know what? In this, the Bible calls us to refuse worry. The first thing I want to talk about there in that do not worry is to refuse worry. Doesn't mean that it won't happen. I forget who said it. You can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you sure can stop them from nesting in your hair right? You can't necessarily stop worry from coming. Sometimes a worry, you're driving along and you're good. And you're, you're singing a great worship song and that thought comes in. You're like, oh no, you know, or also you're driving along and you, you know, your stomach does something. Or, you know, the other day I was like, I was reading, I read a whole reader's digest from cover to cover. Couldn't sleep one night. And by the time I finished, I would just like, also my stomach did something. I was like, oh, what's that? How's my colon condition? I started referring back to reader's digest and it's like a, if, you know, it's like a phobia of colon. How's my colon? How's my... My lower intestine feels awkward right now. And so everything, becomes, I'm, you become obsessed 
over your body. What's going on in my body? And you just fall into this. You know what? You can't stop worries from coming, but you can refuse worry. Did you guys catch that? It's so simple, but it's so true. You can refuse worry. When the worry comes in, you can refuse it. You know, our exasperated husband once said to his wife, says, why do you worry about everything? Nothing you worry about, you know, you know why, why do you worry? And she goes, well, you know, she goes, 90% of what I worry, you know, never comes, to, never comes to pass. Most of what we obsess or we can focus on doesn't happen in our lives. So what is worry? Worry is allowing one's mind to dwell on a, difficult, a difficulty or troubles. So you're dwelling on it. You're staying on it. A worry comes in and just stops. You pause. You know, you may be at work and you're still walking through the motions, but in your mind that movie is playing. Worry means to agonize, to overthink, to brood, to panic, to stew, to lose sleep, to torment oneself. Am I describing anybody here? Why is somebody nudging? I saw somebody nudging somebody. No, I'm just kidding. But it happens, doesn't it? Come on, we either, either have this or we know or we're, you know, uh, we're, we're aware of someone like this that, that agonizes over it, that gets stuck on this, that worry comes in and changes the way, the quality of our life, if we can put it that way. Worry comes in and changes our relationship with God. It's hard to pray when you're worrying. It's hard to, to work with relationships and, and really be there, present in your family when you're worrying and tormenting. So, Let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Let me uh, share with you with another verse here. Matthew chapter 6. Another verse, same subject here. Matthew 6, 25 says, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink, or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food or your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Are you guys still listening? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. Yet intellectually we know this. Come on, how many, how many saying this? I've heard this before. Come on, help me here. Okay, this is, this, is, this is not new. So intellectually, factually, you know this. Yet how many people worried today? Somewhere today they, had, they worried. Come on, look around so you can just see that you're not alone because you're like, oh, I'm just... So we know this and we understand this and this verse has been coming out and yet we still worry. We still get stuck on these things. We still stew. We still get sidelined. We still lose energy focusing on things that may never, ever happen to us. So, the first step is, as I've shared with you there, is to refuse worry. Psalm 55, verse 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Leo Bascalia says this, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. First thing I want you to remember tonight, and this isn't, this isn't like a, a mega point type thing, but first is to refuse worry. If God is God and our life is in his hands and we've been bought with a price we could not pay, which means he is in control. He, 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 he controls, he develops, he owns my life and yours. If that is true, then you know what? 
is that we don't have to focus on this worry. We don't have to worry about uh, uh, struggling about how that where our life is going to go and what we're going to do. So let's go on in this verse. First of all, don't worry about anything. You can remind yourself. That's why I say that you got to tattoo that one on your hand. Because every time you look at your hand, you're like, don't worry about everything. Okay, I refuse. Lord, I just refuse worry right now. I refuse worry. I'm not going to dwell on this. When that old movie starts coming up, do you guys know what I'm talking about? No, no, let me go in for a second here. You know what I'm talking about? The movie that you play. You know, when that, that co-worker did this, or your boss did that, or your, you know, your family member, your mother-in-law said that. Oh, no, I'm just I'm not taking a mother-in-law. I forgot she's here. But, you know, <laughs> you know that, that <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> I'm already worrying. I refuse worry. <laughs> she's coming over the chairs. <laughs> But uh, you know what? When that thing happens and then you replay it in your mind, come on, guys are, guys are great at doing this. And then we rebuild it and then we re- remake it. We digitally remaster it and we make it even better. Oh, yeah? And that person came and I walked away and then before long it gets bigger and they offended me and I was hurt. And then you replay it again. Whereas that person comes in, I pull out the bazookas and I was <laughs> And we build this whole movie in our head and we just replay it and replay it until we obsess over it. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow, but only saps it of its joy. So first of all, refuse worry. Second of all, it says here, pray about everything. (laughs) And that's so obvious, I want to skip over it. Come on. I mean, I just was like, that's Sunday school. Yeah, pray about everything. But do we? Do I? Do I pray about everything that is happening in my life? Beyond our our morning prayer and our prayer, thank you, Lord, for the Big Mac meal, you know, uh, do we pray about everything? Do I bring these things before God? Do I walk in a place that whatever happens, I talk to my Heavenly Father about it because He cares. I talk to the one who knows me better than I know myself to share our lives and our concerns. Pray about everything. I know this is so obvious. I'm just like, I was like, I can't believe I'm just, you know, sharing this tonight. I was like, I should have gone something deeper or, you know, more, you know, out there. But, but this is so straightforward. We need this. This is a reminder 101 because we are to take everything that happens in our life and bring it before our God. Psalm 37, 23, it says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. Did you guys get that? He delights in every detail of their lives. Sometimes we think God just delights when we're here in church. Oh, God caught my attendance. I get the star in my attendance. I made it to church Saturday night, Sunday morning, you know. God just catches the high point. But it says that he delights in the detail of our life. In, the, in Philippians 4, that first verse, in the Amplified, it says, continue to make your specific request to God. So this changes how we talk to God. Because don't sometimes as we were anxious to disturb God, right? I mean, we're just like, not about the little, I don't want to waste my time. Sometimes people, and this may not be anybody in this room, but people think that they have a limited time with God. Is it, or they're on the clock. Is one time I was talking and I, and I met with a lawyer and I was talking really fast and I'm just, you know, he's like, whoa, slow down, slow down. I like, no, I said, it's $150 an hour. I'm going to get as much as I can out of this. And I was like talking fast, you know, because time is, you know, it's like long, former long distance as you talk fast, right? save that money. We think, but come on, guys, we think the same with God. We're like, that's a small detail, or I'll carry that myself, or I'll just, I'll just walk it out, or I'll, I'll struggle through this one. I'm just bringing the big things to God. Come on, don't we all do that? 
We're like, I'll just bring the big preacher, or, you know, or for somebody else. But this, I don't want to bother God. We do. We think that way, whether consciously or unconsciously. We're like, I don't want to bother God with that. But see, when our children come home from school and we ask them, how was your day? Can you imagine how weird it would be if your little toddler, you know, six or eight years old was like, well, the high points was, is I did lunch and I did mathematics. And overall, I would say that it was an excellent day. I did experience some anxiety over gym class and I made it home safely. <laughs> From like a six-year-old, you'd be like, what? Whose kid are you? Come on, as a parent, let's think about this for a second, because sometimes we spiritualize, we make things weird how it was never meant to be. As earthly parents to our children or nieces or nephews, wherever you can relate, when they come home, you ask them, how was your day? What do you want to hear? Details, stories, not just, not just the facts, not just about, well, I did math, I did science. Yeah, I know your schedule. I set it up, okay? It's not just about the facts. It's like, how did you feel? Well, this happened in gym class, or this happened in recess, or this, we experienced this, and this is how I felt about it. And you're like, tell me your day. Share with me. And you're like, well, it's just details. But as a parent, don't you want to know? I do. I want to know the details. I want to know how they felt. What, what did you experience? You know, and bring it home. And when they share that experience, I'm a part of that experience. When they share those things in life, don't as a parent we want to know that? Then how much more does our Heavenly Father want to know what's going on in our life. Come on, guys. How much more? It's not about like I'm saving it up and then I'll bring a whole load to God and be like, okay, here's what I got and here's all my need and I lay the cards on the table. It's about walking through and at every moment going, God, this is awesome. I mean, there's just, I, I, I'm trying to walk this out. I mean, there's not a, a sunrise or sunset that I don't just pull over to the side of the road for like five seconds and be like, that was awesome. Father, that artistic thing and that cool thing you did with the clouds right there and just where the sun, <laughs> that's awesome. It's not just about praying in church or praying during your regular scheduled prayer time. It's about journeying with God. This is the importance of what he's trying to teach here. It's not just a factual, this isn't a formula, A plus B, you know, equals C. It's about, you know, telling God everything. It's not, it's not a command, like just, just lay it all in the line. It's, it's share with me. It's a cry of a heavenly father to his children saying, I want to know what happens in your life. I want to know when you have a bad day. I want to know when you're driving down the road on your motorbike and the, and the leaves are swirling up in the fall like that and the, and the light's coming through and you just, whoo! God, this is awesome. He's like, yes, it is. I made that. Right? Or whatever turns your crank, whatever happens to you, you know, that, that, that is good. You know, I, I don't know what blew up, but if I did it, I'll just mark, I'll just pay for it, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm talking about? It's sharing those things in life. It's, it's walking through and, and, and doing it together, sharing it with, with, with what God is doing in your life and what you want him to know. How are you feeling? The details of our life. So then it says, first of all, pray about everything. Tell him, okay? Tell him what's going on in your life. Tell him what you have done. And then what does it say also in that verse? Let's go back to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everything means... Everything. Thank you. <laughs> everything. 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 Uh, you say, you're, you're sticking on this way too long. I know, but I want you to get it. Even if you're annoyed, I want you to get it. 
because I want you to, when you're driving home, to look at the stars tonight. If the, if the clouds aren't shiny, and just be like, God, you made that. Thank you for just putting things in, knowing, letting me know who I am, but just enjoying these moments and sharing it with God. So uh, praying about everything, tell God what you need, and thank Him for what He's done. Okay, these are key. These are important parts of it. Again, it's not a formula. Please don't make this a formula, but this is what it's all about. Praying about everything, sharing with God, telling him what you need, tell him what's going on in your life, and thanking him for what he's done is such an important part, even if the situation hasn't changed. Right? How many know we should thank the Lord for what he's done? Right? We know that. We're like, that's the Lord. I just thank you every time I win the lotto, 649, and get $10 million in my bank account. Lord, I thank you every time that promotion comes. And I just thank you when everybody's in love with me and my kids are amazing. And, you know, I, Lord, I thank you as well when uh, my wife writes off the car swerving for a deer. <laughs> no, when, I mean, when you receive the pink slip at work, when you get the news from the doctor. Come on. Tell him about everything. It's not just about the high points. It's not just about banking those things to bring a report to God. It's about sharing and doing life with him, thanking him for what he has done in our life. How much has he done in our life? I started doing a, uh, a gratitude journal, and I would encourage you to do that. If you're not doing that, I would encourage you to do that. I started doing a gratitude journal three years ago. Do you know how it started? I was on this beautiful vacation. It was day one of our vacation right in the middle of August, or the beginning of August, day one of our vacation, I was at this beautiful hotel resort called Dunville General Memorial Hospital. <laughs> and the family is all excited to be on vacation. Well, I enjoyed the resort. They were at home. And I was having my appendix, which had burst, taken out. And I went down with Ted, Ted was my IV pole. We were like a friendship. We were like joined for a little while. So I was like, I'm going to give you a name because you're going to be with me for a while. So Ted, you want to go for a walk? He's like, sure. He had like a little bit of a Bronx accent. Just stay with me. Sure, let's go. Fine. So we go down there and, and we go down to, the, to, to the, the courtyard. And in the courtyard, if you haven't been there, Dunville Memorial Hospital is a little garden. And I, and I sat down there and, you know, and I made a little light. But at the same point, I, I was in a lot of pain, you know, as you can imagine. Um, and I stopped, and I'm saying that, that, that God makes these things happen. God's just like, Jamie needs to slow down. Burst, Gabriel burst his appendix. I'm not saying those, but sometimes through these things, there's a wake-up call that needs to happen. There's a wake-up call that I sat there in that garden, and I'm telling you, I'm not kidding at all. I looked at a rose uncurling for an hour because I couldn't do anything else. I was attached to an IV pole, and they won't let you go, and you're wearing one of those things that there's nothing on the back. You're not going to get very far, even in Dunville. Come on. <laughs> I hope there's nobody here from Dunville. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, but see, the point is, come on, the point is, is that to stop and look at that, and am I, I've, never, I've never spent that. I was like, a rose is great. It's beautiful. Do I, you know, is it my anniversary? Do I stopped and looked at it and saw the beauty of it, and I said, never from this day forward am I ever going to let a day end that I won't thank God for something. I did. And every day since, before I would go to bed, and even on the great days, that was easy. I was like 45 minutes. Oh, well, God, I got all these things. But even on the most challenging day, come on. You know when you go to bed because you're glad to go to bed? You're like, thank God this day is done. 
Come on. There's parents of small children. You're, Thank you. Bedtime, <laughs> right? This day is over, right? But you finish it, and even at your worst day, you know what I found? I could still find something to be thankful for. Good. Sometimes you got to dig a little bit. I'm not saying it isn't easy. All of what I'm sharing with you here isn't just like, this isn't just honey and, you know, just, you know, sweetness. Some of this is work. Refusing worry is work. When it comes in, you're up. It's an intention. It's a decision of will, especially if you have a propensity for worry. Talking to mothers and grandmothers. Don't throw tomatoes. <laughs> but moms and grandmas, you know, say, hey, I'm a mom and a grandma. I'm supposed to be a worrier. I'm like, well, that's just not exactly true. It's an intention. It's an intention to stop and say, God, what do I have to be thankful for today? And you know what? I tell you, you can find something every day. Thank him for what he has done. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 18. If you have your Bible, turn there. If not, just listen to me. Let me share this with you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 says this. Rejoice always. Pray continuously. Seems like a little recurrent theme we've got going on here. Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, thank you, Jamie. You just told me God's will for my life. Yes, I did. You see, a lot of times we focus and we're chasing all over for God's will. Who am I supposed to marry? God, put their name, write her name or his name on the sky. You know, let an angel make a personalized license plate drive by. Show me what job I'm supposed to live or what geography. God, I want to be in Hawaii or I got to be in BC. And, and we focus on all these things. What is God's will? And God says in his Bible clearly and simply right before you hear, this is God's will for you. I'm pressing in a little bit. I'm pushing a little closer, and I'm going to push you a little bit because this is it. We chase after all. And I'm not saying these aren't side issues that aren't important, but God clearly says here, identifies in his Bible, said, this is my will for you. This is how I want you to live. Jamie gets my attention. This is how I want you to live. I'm like, well, well how? Rejoicing always, praying continuously, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for Jamie, for you. You put your name in there. This is God's will for you, that we would rejoice always, that we would walk in a constant communication with God. It's mean we'd never press end. There's no hang-up dial. It's never, you know, even the amen. You know, great for the amen, but there is no amen. It doesn't mean goodbye. It's we keep on saying, hey, are you still there? It's like God said, I'm still there. Are you still on the line? I'm still there. Walking in that thankfulness and gratitude for God, this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Do you know that's what God wants for you? I mean, I think God's interested in, in our happiness, but do you think that's paramount to him, saying that's the number one priority? I don't think so. Do you think that it's God's will that you're going to have $10,000 in RSP and everything set up for your future retirement? Is that of interest to God? Sure. Is that paramount? No. It's right here. That we would rejoicing always, praying continuously, giving thanks in all circumstances. Then it says something happens. This is where the verse gets interesting. This is where, as we walk these things out, all of what you shared with, with you here, uh, let's just take the spiritualism away. All of these are decisions of your will. Come on. All of these things that I've shared with you here, praying continuously, refusing worry, giving thanks, begin with a decision. It's not a feeling. You, sometimes you don't feel like it. Come on, guys. Sometimes you don't feel like it. 
Give thanks. Woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know? But it's a decision of your will. Do you walk them out first? Then it says, if we do these things, and again, don't make it a formula, but as we walk out these things, as we refuse worry, as we walk in a communication, sharing with God what's going on in our life, as we uh, express a gratitude for everything that he's done, thank you, Lord, for the coffee that we have here, for the electricity that we can be together. Thank you. And we walk through those things, which, which just, it can't help but put a smile on your face. Can't help but finish our day with that big grin on your face. And God, thank you for this life. Thank you for every breath that I breathe. Thank you for that breath of ox. Thank you that I can breathe and live without pain. Thank you that I can, as you walk through these things. Then it says, what happens? What does it say in that verse? Back to Philippians chapter 4. It says, then his peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand, will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ. That's the result. If we walk in these things, and again, it's not magic markers. There's not destination points. It's a way of living. It's a constant way of living. As we walk in these things, the result of it is, is that God's peace begins to come in your heart, that guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, that sets a guard over it. That means that you can be in a storm that you don't know what's going on around. You can be in a place where, you know, there, uh, if I look back on, on our life, and, and, and sometimes Times of reflection are good. Look back, and I, I see the tumultuous times. I see that there was challenging times when we lived in Africa and, and in Croatia, and, you know, uh, those are just overseas times. But I look in some challenging times in the midst of the storm. Then you can have a peace. I don't know what's going on all around me. I know that, you know, the world is in just this crazy thing, but I know that I have peace. It guards my heart and my mind. Do you have that peace tonight? You see, all of what I've shared with you here can be best illustrated in this story. In the story of a a young professional father who sat down with his son, talking him into bed one night, and the little boy says, Dad, Dad, can we have a play day tomorrow? And the father realized he'd been really busy lately and hadn't spent much time with the young boy. He says, tomorrow we'll have a play day. When you wake up, it's your day. We're going to spend the day tomorrow. And the boy's like, yay, but you have to go to sleep first. Come on, parents, you always got to put that in, but you got to go to sleep first. So the boy goes to sleep, and the father wakes up the next morning extra early because he wants to have his time to, re- to uh, have his daily coffee, get the coffee and the caffeine going, and he wanted to read the paper. It's his favorite thing to do. So he says, get up early, then the little guy will get up, and we'll spend the day. So he starts reading the paper, gets a coffee, and the caffeine is just kicking in, and all of a sudden the paper gets pulled down. And the little boy's there. He's like, Daddy, Daddy, I'm awake. Let's go. Let's spend the day. Let's do something. Let's go. Let's go. And he's like jumping up and down with excitement. And the father's just like, oh, come on. You guys have been there. You just like let the coffee kick in. He's like, okay, we're going to do something, but I need, a, I need to gain a bit of time here. I need to, you know, just take and, and just, I got to get, get the coffee going. I just want to read the paper and then I'll be ready to start my day. Okay. This is my, my thing. So he says, well, okay, here's what we're going to do. He says, we're going to play a little game. And he pulls out one ad in the paper. I got my sackum. Of course, you read that first thing in the morning. Why are you guys laughing? And he pulls out one ad which has like a world map on. He says to the boy, okay, we're going to do something. So he's gaining himself a little bit of time. And he starts ripping it into pieces. He says, all right, here. He says, I'm going to spread this out. 
and put all these pieces on the table. He said, and here, this dad, you're getting some ideas, moms. Here is a roll of tape. We make this puzzle. Here's the whole world map. I'll put it out there. Spread it all out. You take the tape, and when you put it together, then we'll have our play day. And he's like, yes, I've just bought myself like 30 minutes of happiness here. I'm going to read my coffee. Got the paper going. Goes back to his paper again. Settles back into his coffee. And within a, sh- a-, a-, a few short minutes, the boy rips down his paper again. He's like, what? He goes, I'm done. I'm done. He's like, there's no way. And the boy goes and shows him this perfectly made puzzle piece with all the world put back together, taped into place. And the father was amazed at it. He's like, how did you do that? Like, uh, how did you accomplish it so fast? He was amazed at his son. And the son was like, well, dad, it was really hard. And, and, and I was almost ready to give up. And I dropped a puzzle piece on the ground. And when I reached down to pick it up, I looked up and he said, and because it's a glass tabletop, I looked up and I noticed on the bottom side, there was simply a face. And while I was ready to give up on the other thing, I just simply put the face together. And when I put the face together, my world came together. And I heard that, and I thought, and again, it was, and I, and I adapted it a little bit, but I thought how powerful that was. The little boy figured out that if he just looked up and put the puzzle together, very simply, all he had to do was put together the face. And when he did, the complexity of his world came together. And you know what? The same way with us. All that we are required to do, because you know what? Let's be honest. Many of us are spending so much time trying to put our world together. I got to put the continents in. I got I to get my life set up and my career path and the kids' education and, and, you know, and, and all this. And we're focusing all these things, but really what we're called to focus on is our relationship with this man here. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That as we fix our eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith, as we walk in a relationship with him, I read again this morning where Jesus warns and says, you know, to those people, says, I cast out demons in your name. I, I, I did miracles. In your name. I did great things for you. I started churches. You know, I, just, I did all these amazing things. And Jesus says, I know you not. I read that today and I was like, God, don't let that be me. I don't want to do great things and have a great repertoire and a, and a resume that's built for him. I, I just want to know him. The verse I'm talking about simply is focusing our life on a relationship with Jesus, walking with him. But as we walk and we piece that together, you know what the result is? Is that our world comes together. That as we walk in that prayerfulness, that mindfulness to what Christ is doing, that as we walk in that relationship with him, is the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I only have one simple question. No music played, no eyes closed or heads bowed. Here's my question, my challenge for you tonight. Do you have the peace that I'm talking about? I mean, topped up, not half a tank, not $5 gas at a time. You know, you come in, put five bucks, five bucks, five bucks, so you can get to Tobes and fill it up. Come on. I'm talking, do you have overflowing the peace of God in your heart tonight? that guard your hearts and your mind. And it doesn't mean that things aren't still happening. It doesn't mean there isn't tensions, struggles, the relationships you're trying to put back together. It doesn't mean that your life isn't real, but there's a peace that passes understanding that you know that you know that God holds your life in his hands. If that isn't an absolute 
outstanding yes, then let's change that tonight. Because if it's a maybe, because if it's like, I don't know, then it's no. You're like, why? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. You just sprang on me. I, I don't know. Well, the answer is no. Right? Because either you have it or you don't. There's no half measure of this. You say, well, I've got a little piece. Do you? Because God, the God that I serve is all or nothing. He either pours and he's, you know, he, and he's messy. When he fills your cup, it's overflowing, pouring all over the floor. It's flooding down to the basement. When he pours out, it's overflowing in our life. So it's not like a little dab or a little sprinkle here. Sprinkle, 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 little piece. I'll just spread around. I got a lot to, you know, 7 billion people on the planet. God doesn't work that way. He pours out overwhelmingly in your life. And you know what I just sense as I was just praying about uh, tonight, tomorrow? that we need to re-embrace this truth, that we need to return to this very basic understanding. And it begins with a decision. It begins with a decision. So, Jamie, how do I not worry? I mean, everyone has worries and phobias and anxiety. Everyone has tensions. Things are going on. This is life. How do I do it? Two words. Three words, sorry. I can't count. Let it go. You have to let it go. It comes down to surrender, surrendering your life to God. The only way that you can stop yourself from worrying is letting it go. Because you can't stop worry. It's like saying, don't think about a dog. Don't think about dogs. Don't think about dogs. You're, think, you're thinking about a dog. Doberman Pinscher? Chihuahua? No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, you can't stop. You can't stop yourself. When I say that, you're going to, I'm not going to worry. 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 I'm not gonna, oh, I worried. Right? You can't do it. We can't, by power of your positive thinking, stop yourself from worrying. The only way to do this is what that verse told us there, is surrendering and letting it go. You can worry yourself sick about marriage and about kids and about relationships and life, but we're meant to live in a way. Jesus says, my burden is, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And if that's not where I am, then I'm putting my own yoke. I'm putting other expectations. And so simply, I want to ask you tonight what you're willing to let go. Because that's the only way you dispel worry. That's the only way that you refuse worry is by letting go. If God is in control of my life, then I don't have to worry where the next dentist destination is. Right? Okay, God, what's the next step? Where am I going? Where am I going? Where am I? The steps of the righteous are ordered of God. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know that I have a plan for you, a plan to give you hope and a future. If that's God's, un, God's intended purpose, if that's his principle that he operates on, I don't have to worry. I'm going to trust and walk in that. So simply, can I ask you tonight what you're willing to let go? And we don't have time to kind of go around and be like, let's go to each person here. We, won't, we don't need to take the time for that. But if I could, I would. I'd ask you, what are you willing to let go? What do you need to let go of? You say, well, I'm worrying about this relationship. I'm jealous and I'm just struggling, trying to fix it, trying to fix it. Well, maybe you need to let it go. I'm worried about this illness or I'm worried about this challenge, this situation with my kids or this family member. Maybe you need to pass it over to God to cast your cares on him, to release your burdens on him. Are you willing to do that tonight? Let's do that together. Because you know what? I got some things I got to let go. I got some things I have to read like, you're like, yeah, because sometimes when you're walking it, you got to do it again and again. Forgiveness. 
We could spend a whole other time, but I'm almost done. I'm circling the runway here. We're ready to go for coffee or more of those little one-bite brownies if they're not all gone. But here's the truth is that sometimes we need to walk in this again and again. When we forgive, we need to walk in it. When that comes in, you're like, Lord, I, I just thank you for your forgiveness. I forgive again. I let this go. I'm going to walk in this truth. So let's bow in prayer right now, shall we? Let's just pray. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray uh, for all of us. I'm going to pray, you know, for myself, for you. But in your own heart, I'm going to ask that you would specify to the Lord. Because he knows, you know, he knows what you're even thinking about. He knows that even as we started talking this way, what he nudged, what you need to let go of. What fear you're holding on to. What, what, what things that we're not thankful for that he, you know, puts those things before us. So let's pray together, shall we, right now? Father, I just pray right now. I thank you for your amazing word, that your word liberates us, that the promise of your word sets us free as we walk in the truth of it, that as we live it out and experience it through, that you walk in this. So, Lord, I just pray that we would not worry about anything, that we make a decision right now as a community of believers, Christ followers after you, to refuse worry. Father, let this be a worry-free zone. Lord, let us be a, a worry-free lives that people will say of this group. They will say, those Kingsway people, they got stuff going on, but they do not worry. They don't worry about stuff. They don't get hung up on stuff. Father, we refuse that in the name of Jesus. Father, help us to walk in this, that we feel free and comfortable and trusting with every, to share with you everything that's going on in our life. Our struggles, our fears, our disappointments, our triumphs our wonderful moments, the rose in the garden. Father, help us to walk in that continual relationship with you, thanking you for what you have done, asking you for what we need. Father, I pray right now that whatever we're holding on to, that we're toiling over, whatever is a tension point in our life, that, Father, we release it right now in the name of Jesus. If it's a person, a relationship, a work situation. Father, we release it to you right now. We cast that care to you right now, and we receive your peace right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your peace just flow as we walk in these things. Let the overwhelming peace that we can't even grasp how amazing it is surround our life, guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, let your peace flow right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you for this. Help us to walk in this. Help us not to just know it, but live it live it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you so much. We want to share with you every detail of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you as homework tonight, because if we leave it till tomorrow or next week, you'll probably forget just like I do. Can you start, whether it's on a sticky note or whether it's just on your phone under the note section, can you jot one thing down? Tonight, before you go to bed, that 30 seconds before you go, can you jot one thing to say, God, I'm thankful for this today? Start walking out that, that it doesn't have to be a long thing to do, a gratitude journal. Just start with one thing. God, thank you. Thank you for this one. This one thing was really important, and, and I loved it. And share with that and write that down today. Let's start walking this out because this is how God wants us to live. Amen?